everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, episode 87. Um, today, we're going to go over some uh, some settlements, some um, a lot of protocol talk, um, and uh, some divisional talk, which I initially record, uh, started recording this uh, thinking, oh, we're going to do the standings first and then get into this because I'm probably going to get into a little bit of a tangent but as I was halfway through doing the Atlantic Divisional rundown of where people are it made it dawned on me that probably make more sense for me to kind of fill in the details as to why certain teams are where they are and in the divisions because of the news that are in, in this so I am going to go to the old to the the regular smegular um, formula here. So uh, for the dude diving in to some news. First off, yesterday, well, not yesterday, two days ago on Thursday, the Blackhawks uh, had a settlement with Kyle Beach, um, one of the two known victims um, about the sexual assault thing that happened with the Blackhawks. Um, so settlements been reached with Kyle Beach and they'll be beginning negotiations with John Doe two. Uh, I guess now he's just regular John Doe because John Doe one has now been revealed as Kyle Beach, um, on the 20th of this month, which, um, I mean, it's good that they're trying to settle something out, uh, between, you know, who was affected and the, the franchise, even though should have never happened in the first place. Um, but you know, I really hope that the NHL can learn from this, not just the Blackhawks organization, but everyone involved and everyone in this league, hopefully they learn from this. Uh, it's not acceptable or any, and even outside the league too, you know, just know, Hey, not, not that, Hey, no matter how long, which is the thing that I hope that they're not taken from this is that, Oh, they can get away from uh, away with it for 10 plus years and not, you know, get caught or whatever. No, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, Ottawa, not Ottawa, Ontario, which actually Ottawa is part of Ontario. So there you go. Ontario, uh, the province of uh, Canada, the capital province of Canada has put out guidelines making it as of i think it was thursday or friday that both the toronto which with their guidelines with uh covid and all that um both the maple leafs and senators will only be allowed to seat 50 percent of their building's capacities moving forward uh i didn't read that there was a time a, a deadline for the end of that guideline but uh well, now uh, they are only allowed to seat 50% of their capacities. And with that, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, for the first time in a couple of months on Thursday, they uh, had no fans in attendance because the Quebec government has told the Montreal Canadiens, at least for like the near future, they're not going to be able to have any fans in the stands. So I guess this is some sort of measure that they're trying to deal with in Canada, or at least... Uh, then I'm reading with um, the Ontario government and the Quebec government. Um, 
which I guess maybe they're starting to have some widespread things, which ties into the fact that the protocol issues for the Flames now um, have now put the NHL into saying, hey, we're just going to put this team on pause until after the Christmas break and reconvene from there. But that doesn't stop there because now the National Hockey League, I think as of yesterday, but yeah, as of yesterday, um, that it has extended the period of game post moments for the Calgary Flames through their game previously scheduled for December 23rd against Seattle. Additionally, due to concern with the number of positive cases within the last two days, as well as concern for continued COVID spread in the coming days, because you know, the holiday season, of course, um, Colorado Avalanche and Florida Panthers games will also be postponed through at least the the scheduled completion of the league's holiday break. So basically through Christmas uh, and the schedule of, on December 26th, the decision was made by the NHL, the NHLPA and the club's medical groups. Uh, the flames postponed games involving December 13th game at Chicago, December 14th game at Nashville, December 16th game versus Toronto at home, December 18th game at home against the Columbus blue jackets December 21st home game against the Anaheim Ducks and December 23rd's home game against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the Avalanche will have postponed games for their December 18th game versus the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning at home. Uh, their away game against the Detroit Red Wings on December 20th, December 22nd's game uh, at Buffalo and December 23rd's game at Boston and the Panthers We'll also have postponed games. Uh, they'll be postponing their December their their December eight words, December eighteenth, which actually is today. Uh, at Minnesota, postpone that game. Postpone the twenty first game. Uh, at Chicago and December twenty third game at home against the Nashville Predators. And a decision on when. Each team's training facilities will reopen will be made by the league and the NHLPA in the coming days. The league is in the process of reviewing and revising all three teams as regular season schedules and the flames avalanche and Panthers organizations have followed and will continue to follow all recommended guidelines aimed at protecting the healthy, you know, the health and safety of their players, staff and community at large as set by the NHL local state provisional and federal agencies which is the official thing that came out from the NHL with that. Um, but just know that for the list of people, right, for the list of players that have been put on protocol, I know for a fact compared to other teams that had to continuously play didn't have to, didn't know, had no postponements like the Blues and like the National Predators, which had, had on Thursday had to recall for Cody Glass, Rocco Grimaldi, uh, Matthew Oliver, and Cole Smith, as well as the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals, because the head coach of the uh, thing with John Hines had uh has been put on protocol so they had to recall the head coach of the damn admirals along with the assistant coach scott ford from the milwaukee admirals to backfill and they still played they didn't pause 
The Blues didn't pause. There's other teams in this league that didn't pause at all. But the old, I'll give you a mulligan on the Islanders because the Islanders got absolutely destroyed with the protocol list. So I'll give them a mulligan there. Unless that they're a New York Islander levels for the Panthers, for the uh, Avalanche, and for the Flames, there's no reason. You can just make them suffer like all those other franchises suffered. There's no reason to be picking and choosing when you're going to postpone games and when you're going to be like, oh, well, I guess you're going to have to test your depth. But, you know, I mean, yes, I should be a happy camper, at least in my sense of the word, because I'm a Blues fan, uh, number one and all. Um, and the fact that we're doing pretty well with this adversity, this adversity that's been put, thrown upon us. But, hey, there's other franchises that are having to go through this, and they're not having a good time with this. And there's teams over here that are having it a little bit better when it comes to the protocol list, but they get their stuff freaking postponed that makes no sense at all that makes no sense at all regardless if the like ooh, you'd have to have them you know do the protocol list or put them on the protocol list and then call someone up for the one game before the christmas break Ooh, make make them suffer if if some suffer all of them suffer don't don't be picking and choosing favorites all right be consistent which yes the nhl is very very much not consistent in anything they do anything they do they like to pick and choose when they want them not to do things um including department of player safety but i'm not going to touch that in this episode because we don't have any oh actually no we do uh kind of because the nhl commissioner gary bettman after jason spezza uh voted to appeal his uh initial six game uh suspension for kneeing a player in the head um, which will actually open that little uh, tidbit of information here. Um, so the NHLPA, on behalf of Jason Spitzer, has appealed uh, from a December seventh supplementary discipline decision, suspending uh, Jason Spitzer for six games. Uh, this, yeah. So he he need a guy. Uh, Neil Pionk from the Winnipeg Jets need him right in the head. Um, and this is like, this is, a, this is not what I thought it was going to be. But ba- basically, the synopsis is that he he need Neil Pionk and then he got suspended six, initially got suspended six games for it. But Angel Commissioner Gary Bettman's like, all right, well, I guess it's, which the whole, the whole thing that Twitter's kind of pissy about, which I can understand, is that Reagan, they bumped it down from six to four. All right. They bumped it down six to four. So now he is eligible to play now because he didn't play any of the games. So he basically served his suspension and just ended up just having to wait two more extra games to come back. But um, regardless, a lot of people think that the nhl's mindset now is hey well he didn't sustain a bad injury because of the knee so we are going to just take some time off it wasn't as serious as it was let out to be but i would say hey if you're suspending a guy for 
you know, doing something dangerous, um, which I would believe that I think another reason why people are a bit in an uproar is because it has been led to believe that it was made with malicious content. Now, I mean, everyone's got their own opinion, which, you know, nowadays kind of, you know, kind of a hot button, hot button thing to have an opinion. How about that? Opinion. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't really watch the Maple Leafs enough to, I mean, even you can watch, you can watch that tape all you want. You also kind of understand that, you know, a clip is going to be taken out of context. I mean, I don't really, I'm not going to really voice my opinion um, on something that I didn't really watch. And, you know, into the full flow of the, the thing, like I would have to actually pull up the entire game and go a little bit ways back and see the play from the very beginning to actually like, make a whole call on it but um but at the same time angel is notorious for making bad calls with the you know involving the department of player safety so it honestly does not surprise me that this is causing an uproar but you know not to say that you know not to be that guy and say oh it is what it is but you know But anywho, um, ending out the last part of this uh, first half of the episode is a thing here that I, and I would imagine a lot of other people, were quite intrigued by. So yesterday, uh, Paul Maurice, the head coach of the, well, I guess then head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, decides to resign. Um, which even they have a little press release uh, the Winnipeg Jets put out that the Winnipeg Jets announced today, being yesterday, uh, head coach Paul Maurice has decided to resign from his position as head coach of the hockey club effective immediately. Uh, his resignation has been accepted by the team. And to fill his head coaching duties on an interim basis will be Dave Lowry. Uh, and Paul Maurice had a... Um, he had his press conference basically which the winnipeg jets giving paul maurice a platform to speak a, a reason the, the reason why he's deciding to step back immediately tells me and it should tell everyone else that if there's any sort of hokiness behind the scenes that there's nothing to see here because if there was nothing, if there was something to see, they wouldn't put, give him a platform to speak while he's leaving. At least I would think they wouldn't, um, whether it be to try to cover something or not. But from what he was saying, it honestly does kind of feel like, hey, he does care about this team a lot. And the dude's been there for nearly a decade. Nearly the entire time that franchise was there. And Winnipeg from uh, the longest tenured coach in that franchise, as it stands as history, where they are located. He cares about the team. He cares about the city. He cares about all the, everything, the all, intangibles and all. And the thing that really resonated with me is that, and it honestly does take 
a guy, a coach, to app to not have, you know, he to have a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts to not have the ego, your ego get ahead of yourself to and just know when to leave. You know when it's your time to leave because he straight up's like, hey, this team is great, but this team needs a change. And it's not the personnel's fault. It's his fault. And they need a new voice. So he's deciding, hey, they need a new voice. I'm not going to be an egotistical guy. And just, you know, even though I know, I I should probably know that, you know, I'm not be, you know, that they need a new voice, but I'm going to take it upon myself to just say, hey, I know I am the pro. I believe I am the problem here. It's not you guys. I'm going to leave and I'm going to trust in Kevin Shovel Day off to find a worthy replacement to get this team where they needs to be. And that is very admirable. I, I commend you, Paul Maurice, for that. Because, hey, it takes a lot. It takes a, it takes a big person to know, hey, enough's enough. You know, I took them as far as I could take them. You know, good luck for the next person. I, I in, genuinely care about this franchise enough to know, hey, enough's enough. And I'm not here just for a paycheck. I'm here to, to win and take this team where I believe it can be. And, you know, there you go. You know, commend Paul Maurice for that. And hopefully, you know, I, I'm sure that as the, as the season goes on, uh, that they will have uh, openings. And I do hope he, he finds a new job somewhere and can take them as far as I can. Because he, he can, he's got the chops. You know, he, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, so, and yeah, I've got nothing against the Winnipeg Jets organization. Or, uh, out of all the Canadian teams, I'd say it. Uh, I'm a fan. Um, now, it kind of sucks for their favor um, that they're in my division that I, I favor because, you know, Blues are in there. But, um, but hey, you know, best to them and their future endeavors as a uh, horrible co- corporation once would say to their, uh, their people. But anywho, uh, I'm going to end this first half. Um, when we get back from the break, we'll uh, catch the standings roundup. All right. So um, going into the divisional roundup here. So going straight into the Atlantic division, not a lot of movement. Not a lot of movement at all. Um, so their fourth through eighth place in the division has not moved. Last week, so Montreal still eighth place with a record of seven twenty one and three. Ottawa still seventh place with a record of nine seventeen and one. Buffalo is still sixth place with a record of ten fifteen and five. Boston same, uh, well not, well they're at fifth place like last week with a record of fourteen ten and two. The Detroit Red Wings still fourth place, still hold the second uh, Eastern wild card spot um, with a record of fourteen thirteen and three. Uh, the Florida Panthers for the first time this season um, on the channel uh, well, on the pod this season uh, fall out of the first place spot, dropping down to third place. Um, also kind of dealing with the whole um, protocol thing now and freezing their games. So they're done till after Christmas, 
for the record of 18, 7, and 4, dropping down two spots from first to third. The Toronto Maple Leafs jump up one spot from third to second with a record of 28 and 2. And Tampa Bay Lightning are now your division leader with a record of 19, 6, and 4, jumping up one spot from second to first. The Metropolitan Division uh, had like a little bit of movement, but not really anything substantial. Islanders still last place with a record of 8. 12 and 5. I'm sure they'll find their footing soon. The New Jersey Devils uh, hold the seventh place, uh, dropping down one spot from sixth to seventh with a record of 10, 13, and 5. The Philadelphia Flyers jump up one spot from seventh to sixth with a record of 11, 12, and 5. The Columbus Blue Jackets are still fifth place for another week with a record of 14, 13, and 1. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins still fourth place. Still hold the first Eastern Conference wildcard spot with a record of 16, 8, and 5. They're uh, finding their footing around this time like they normally do. Um, and third place, the Carolina Hurricanes with a record of 27 and 1. Uh, still third place for another week. The New York Rangers fall out of first place and into second uh, place with a record of 19, 7, and 4. The Washington Capitals beating out the New York Rangers to take out the first wild, uh, the first place in the Metropolitan spot with a record of 18, seven, uh, 5, and 7. So they're up there because those uh, overtime losses that they've got. Regulation plus overtime wins are going to bite you in the ass, guys. You're going to do it. You're going to bite them in the ass. Um, Central Division, mm, only two teams flip-flopped here uh arizona coyotes still the arizona coyotes and they're still eighth place with a record of 621 and two uh chicago still seventh place with a record of 11 15 and three dallas stars still sixth place and it doesn't help that they lost their five uh five consecutive regulation win uh regulation uh games with a record of 13 12 and two winnipeg jets fifth place uh now they'll have a new head coach interim basis see where they are um in the coming weeks uh with a record of 13 11 and 5 colorado avalanche uh fall the fourth place from third uh hold the first western conference wildcard spot with a record of 17 8 and 2 the st louis blues third place in the central division with a record of 17 8 and 5 jumping up one spot from fourth to third Nashville Predators stand pat at second place with a record of 19, 10, and 1. And the Minnesota Wilds still hold number one again with a record of 19, 8, and 2 on a tear. Absolutely. And lastly, the Pacific Division. The Seattle Kraken uh, stand pat at the bottom of the division with a record of 10, 16, and 3. Vancouver, even though they're seventh place, again still, um, they're currently, I think, on a six-game winning streak with Boost Pedro as their new head coach. So they might they might find themselves slowly coming up the rankings. We'll see. Uh San Jose Sharks with a record of 15, 4, and 1 jump drop down one spot from fifth to sixth place. Uh LA Kings take that fifth place spot from sixth place. Uh with a record of 13, 10, and 5. Edmonton Oilers uh fall down two spots uh from second to fourth. Uh, hold the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference for the record of 17, 11, and 0. So there's only two teams 
There's only two teams in this league right now that have not lost in right in overtime. There's only two teams. Edmonton is one of them. And the other one in this division and actually took their uh, took Edmonton's spot in this division, which we'll get to in a second. Calgary Flames with a record of 15, 7, and 6, dropped down two spots from first to third. And the Vegas Golden Knights is that second team in the second and other, you know, the only two teams in this league that haven't yet to lose in overtime is Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Vegas Golden Knights jump, jumped up two spots from fourth to second place. So Edmonton and Vegas you know, swapped places with a record of 19, 11, and 0. So they're starting to find their footing uh, after, you know, getting healthier. Um, Vegas starting to become Vegas. Uh, and first place, a team that I definitely wrote off at the beginning of the season, uh, but they're showing some promise, some young guns. You know, they're showing some promise. The Anaheim Ducks dropping up one spot from second place to first place in the Pacific Division with a record of 17, 9, and 6. So, hey, congratulations, Anaheim. How about that? Um, making some noise. Um, what else is there to say other than uh, just doing some good stuff? The, the kids are all right, as they say. Um, but, yeah, um, I don't know how long they're going to be able to sustain that, but at least it's good to see that there's actually a team that's somewhat competent to be put in front of old Gibby, John Gibson. Um, and hey, we'll see how far they go. Uh, hopefully it's not farther in the Blues or the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference uh, or the Dallas Stars. And I'm not even going to speak any breath about the Arizona Coyotes being the playoffs because they're not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> And they're probably not even going to be in Arizona after this season, but you know, I've already made enough content talking about that, but, um, but yeah, that's your uh, divisional roundup and that's the end of the episode. Um, I'm, I'm going to catch you all on the, well, we might have to take a break or either that, or we might have to delay, uh, the next episode because the next episode would theoretically fall on Christmas. So if anything, if anything, I'll just make, well, if I have time on the 24th, I'll, uh, I'll fit it in, but um, I'm just going to say advisory. There may not be one next weekend. We might, and then one after, and then the weekend after that, it's freaking New Year's. So, I, I, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna put one out on Christmas Eve, or at least record it on Christmas Eve, and then put it out on Christmas Day. Have it come out on Christmas Day, and then be in the same issue for uh, New Year's. So, there you go. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe on the podcasting only side, and like, share, subscribe on the YouTube side. And I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.